Welcome to Many Parts, One Body. We are Danny Patrick, a queer seminarian. And I am Paul Holford, a not-so-queer pastor. Talking on topics of faith, inclusion, community, you know, the simple things. Each Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will bring you a new episode. Join us as we dive in headfirst. Welcome, everyone, to Many Parts, One Body. This is Danny Patrick. And I'm Paul Holford. And we're welcoming you to our very first uh, podcast episode where we thought that we would give you a little bit of insight into uh, who we are, uh, kind of who we are to each other, and a little bit about uh, what uh, Many Parts, One Body is going to be about and why we decided to dive into this podcast. Um, So just giving you a little insight, a little taste of who we are and what we're going to be doing. And then just just for everybody's information, we're recording in two separate places. I'm at home. Danny's in the church. We're not sure how this is going to sound. Yep. Yep. I'm in the church. And the the pastor's not in the church. And the seminary (laughs) student's in the church. So um, you can figure that one out today. But we know who's more holy. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So uh, ultimately, um, so just a little bit of who we are. So I am Danny Patrick. I use they, them pronouns. Um, I am a, as you heard, I'm a seminary student at uh, Chicago Theological Seminary uh, with a concentration in LGBTQ plus study. Um, I have a wife and two children. Um, They are fantastic. My youngest has just started crawling and the world has totally changed now. So um, it's busy, busy at our household. Um, I myself grew up within the Christian evangelical church, um, but I left that once I hit college because my faith and my sexuality seemed to be in conflict. um, And I decided to choose being more my authentic self. Um, But once I realized that I could be both queer and Christian, I came back to the church. And I have been back and uh, decided to go into seminary. So that's kind of where I'm at now. And and I've been pushing forward. I just recently started my own soon-to-be nonprofit, Prison Pathway, um, that's going to be serving the local community and small towns um, with LGBTQ uh, support groups and education. Uh, And that's kind of my passion and input that I want to uh, put out there into the world. Well, I'd say it's nice to meet you, but I've met you before, so (laughs) that's good. Um, My name is Paul Holford. I am currently the pastor at the United Church of Christ um, Congregational Church in Belding, Michigan. Um, Background's kind of spotty all over the place. I'm actually a missionary kid when my parents are still currently missionaries in Santa Cruz, Bolivia with Youth of the Mission. They've been there going on 35 years, I want to say. one of the things of my past in history is I would consider myself a former fundamentalist who uh, kind of deconstructed to where I am now. Um, in the next couple of episodes, we're going to be looking at some of the clobber passages that I have used in the past to um, speak out against maybe the LGBTQ plus community. So um, this is going to be a good kind of cathartic thing for me to go through, but also um, it's going to be a time for me to look in the mirror and see kind of some of the damage that has been done when being part of that fundamentalist um, perspective of the of the faith. So I'm kind of at, I would say at the tail end of my deconstruction, reconstruction, or whatever hip words people want to use um, these days. And uh, I am, Danny is an intern at our church currently. 
not only are they an intern, but also um, one of our deacons. So um, that's our connection that we have pretty much there. So then I guess we'll dive into the next one. Like, who are we to each other? So um, Paul is, of course, my pastor and one of my very close friends. He is my mentor, as I am an inter uh, intern here. Um, the the big thing is, uh, is that uh, he did become my pastor through um, an interesting email exchange. Um, when I came to this town, um, it is a smaller town. Um, and so I knew finding a church that would be accepting of my wife and I, uh, that it would be difficult. Uh, so um, I did some scouring of the internet and did not find any affirming churches through my internet search. So I decided I'm gonna send an email to the local churches and see what their stances are in regards to gay marriage and LGBTQ um, uh, issues. Um, I got either no response uh, or I got responses letting me know that they did not affirm and including some, some passages and things to let me know how wrong I was. And then I got a response from Paul that just said, hey, this is where we're at. We're not 100% you know, affirming, but you'll never hear me say anything bad from the pulpit. We want the best for everyone that comes through our doors. And to me, I mean, he didn't sugarcoat anything. He didn't say, oh, all is great here. Come, you know, everything's going to be, you know, lollipops and unicorns. Um, but he let me know that the church was a place where everyone was going to be working towards something that was, to me, felt like something that was going to be healthy um, for me and my wife. And so we came and the very first day that we came, um, we were invited down for coffee hour and we had just a grand old time. Um, and we've been here ever since. And I think now it's been about, oh goodness, at least five or six years now. Yeah, I think it's been about six years. Yeah. And yeah, so, so wrote me in and now I'm a deacon. And so he's getting me more and more involved. Well, we enjoy not only having you there, but the insights that you bring as well. And uh, being a seminarian, you, you're on, for lack of a better word, the cusp for the cutting edge of um, church and faith, really being able to dive deep into it um, through your studies. And one thing that I forgot to mention earlier is I'm also, I also have a wife and uh, two kids as well. But one of the things that was interesting with the email that Danny sent out is we have a, a mutual friend or we have a friend together that used this idea of turning from an ally to an advocate. And I could see how when I received that email for you that we, myself, I was an ally, but not an advocate for equality, if that makes sense. Um, does that make sense? Makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So yeah, like, like I said, uh, Danny and family are, are, are friends first and foremost and members of our church. And uh, Danny works on uh, our deacon board and is um, at doing her their internship here as well. Um, and in meeting Danny and family and all that, it kind of rekindled my knowledge and understand that church needs to grow, evolve, and change to be more like Christ and in Christ's inclusivity. And I think one of the most, I say, theological and spiritual awakenings happening in my life was the birth of my first child and holding that child and inside of my fundamental views at that point that this, this child from birth was more than likely condemned to hell based on nothing just based on the fact that they were born and living. And that, that kind of began my, uh, for lack of a, this is a buzzword, but the deconstruction of my, my faith. And one of the first things that I tackled was the thing that bothered me the most for the longest time was the exclusion of the LGBTQ plus community and the, almost the, 
vilification of of the of people in that community. Um, so I think I would say I've been an ally for a very long time, but it's in the relationship and friendship that I've built with Danny and family that have pushed me from ally into advocate. And one of my, um, I'll bring this out here and uh, hopefully he'll listen to this, but I told him I would steal this. So um, so one of my friends doesn't like the term deconstruction. So uh, what my friend has said is uh, it's it's like having a backpack and you filled your backpack with so many things and you're unpacking your pack, backpack and you're learning to repack it with the things that you need. So it's an unpacking and repacking as opposed to deconstructing. So your friend um, should write a book. I know. I I, I told him I go. I am going to steal that from you. I go. I absolutely love that because some people don't like the 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 term deconstruction because it's become such a buzz buzzword. But I I told him I'd steal that. So hopefully, if he does listen to this, he'll get a little a little laugh. So, so their idea is is the idea of having the backpack that we're carrying around with us and then just emptying it all out and then just repacking it with the uh, essential things or the things right. that are good for our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Sometimes I you like don't realize picture. what you're carrying, and you're you're like, "Why is this so heavy?" It's because we have all this extra baggage that we have accumulated that we haven't checked on in so long. That oh, I thought good. that was a, an interesting uh, a way to look at it, and something that a new perspective to to put on it that can kind of take us away from that kind of buzzword and and get us thinking about it in a, a slightly different way. I'm going to steal that as well. <laughs> I've had many people in the last couple of weeks ask me about deconstruction. And I think the I, that picture that your friend paints is the perfect picture of it because it doesn't seem so violent. Deconstruction seems very violent in the word. Um, unpacking and repacking is a very like homey kind of idea. I like it. Mm-hmm. So Danny, why does the world need another podcast? You know, I, think that the world needs another podcast because we just have a unique perspective. There's so many different people out there. We all have different things to share. Um, I think that, um, you know, this podcast in particular is going to be something that's going to allow us to explore different ways about, um, you know, how the church, um, you know, is engaging in inclusion in all aspects of faith and practice. Um, and it kind of will give some perspective into the insight of our church and kind of give the small town um, perspective, um, which I think a lot of people don't really know. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think, think a lot of things that, Oh, go ahead. That's, I think one of the things that I would like to stay away from is the bashing of non-inclusive churches. But trying to invite into the into the conversation or trying to foster conversation with them. I think that's hard though, because when you're talking about churches that are not inclusive, you're talking about churches that are excluding people who bear the image of God. And it's and it's a very hard thing to for me as a non-queer pastor, I'm accepted in almost every church that I walk into. I mean I might get some sideways looks or might go up in flames in some of them, but I'm accepted. I'm viewed as okay. Um, People in the LGBTQ plus community don't always have that or don't have that luxury or privilege. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's, it's difficult, um, you know, to, to, to want to, you know, to, to want to sit there and say, you know, I want to 
only speak with people that are going to be inclusive. I'm going to exclude those that don't want to be inclusive. But then at that point, you're being exactly like those that are being exclusive as well. Yeah. Um, you you want to keep the door open. You know, I always I I have some people in my life that as soon as someone doesn't agree with them, they shut out those people. And I go, why do that? I mean, unless it becomes emotionally or physically or mentally scarring for you as a person, I think you should continue to be a source of enlightenment in that person's life. Cause you might be that only person that's giving that alternate perspective. So you might be that person that's saying something different and that little seed, you know, maybe it's, you know, hitting a brick wall for a while, but who knows, maybe after a while they might say, Oh, this is making sense to me or, Oh, why does this, you know, now this is kind of sticking in my brain for some reason. But again, like I said, unless it's starting to cause you, you know, physical, emotional, or, you know, mental stress or pain, then at that point, yes, definitely step back. I don't want anybody, you know, engaging in something that's going to cause them harm because that's absolutely not something that you should be doing. But if it's something that you are able and have the capacity to do and engage in, I think that's that, you know, there's some people that are built for that and that it's something that they're meant to do and more power to them to be able to engage and to have those conversations. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. It's not, in many cases, it's not entirely fun um, and it can be draining. Um, but if we don't talk about it, if we don't engage with people who have differing perspectives, then we're never going to move anywhere. Yeah, I, hope, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think part of this podcast being the, was it many parts, one body podcast is this idea that we're going to be tracking and asking and tackling some of these difficult questions about what it looks like for a church to become inclusive on all levels. Um, 100% inclusive with the idea that people of the LGBTQ plus community or others who have always been left out on the sidelines inside of the church structures, um, giving them equality in all things, equality in the sacraments, equality in leadership, equality in every aspect of church life. Um, and it's just like you said, the, uh, we're going to run into opposition in that. And I think some of the discussions that we're going to have over the next couple of, or in this podcast is looking at some of the questions that maybe pastors or church bodies who are thinking about looking at becoming opening affirming might need to deal with the idea of the financial aspect of becoming inclusive and, and maybe the loss of revenue or the loss, loss of parishioners and friends as people move to be, as church bodies move to become more inclusive. But it's, it's, I think it's for me. The idea of doing this podcast is an idea for a way for a way for me to help flush out um, the ideas and process the journey that we are currently in the middle of as a church faith body in our church um, because we're not on either side of the spectrum. We're we're on the journey. We're moving towards opening and forming. We're moving towards inclusivity in all parts of um, church structure and faith. I think that's going to be part of this podcast as well, the, the wrestling of what that looks like. Um, and also maybe uh, beginning a healthy discussion of the, the damage that the church does do inside of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, a lot of times done in the name of quote unquote love, the great damage that has happened and where 
even small rural churches are able to pick up and um, do better, for lack of a better word? Absolutely. I mean, I just like I was saying earlier, I wanted to do the podcast because things aren't going to change or get better until we actually talk about them. We have to bring things that aren't working, things that are causing pain and division and injustice. We have to drag them out into the light. We have to address them. Um, It's not going to be easy or comfortable. Um, It's going to be, you know, it's going to cause, you know, some rocking of the boat at times. Um, And if you think about it, that's, you know, what did Jesus do? Um, he caused quite a bit of uproar, um, you know, and, but it was necessary. It was, uh, and that's, that's what we need to do as we need to call out those injustices and we need to bring out these things and, and say, Hey, this isn't right. We need to change this. Um, what can we do to make this more inclusive? And, uh, and that's kind of what I want to make a goal of this podcast. And on kind of a, like more personal note inside of our church community and faith community is there was a group of people who assumed that we were already having a statement of being open and affirming because um, we have, we have in the last couple of years become extremely more inclusive inside of our church structures. And um, the assumption was made that we were when we have not gone through that process. We have not, made the public statement of being um, open and affirming inside of our faith. Um, We do it, I think, in our actions, but um, we were part of a book study, Danny and I were, where somebody made a really good um, point, and I'm going to ruin it, so I'm going to hope that Danny remembers it. But the idea of making this open and affirming statement, an actual verbalized, written-out statement, is the equivalent of putting out a welcome mat saying that all people are welcome here and people who come by know. We've heard other people say that they've driven by the church and would assume that it is not an inclusive church because it is a, for lack of a more, or it is a more traditional church. Um, I think there is great value in doing the hard work and making a public statement towards that, even though on the in the background, we allow people, the LGBTQ plus community to serve in all aspects and all sacraments are open, the pulpit is open and everything like that. There needs to be a coming together of this is what we are doing. Absolutely. Yeah, the the analogy that was given is, you know, you can be, you know, welcoming and, and say that you're accepting of all all LGBTQ members. And it's like putting a welcome mat on the inside of the door. So unless someone opens the door, they won't know. Um, so it's it's going that extra step and becoming open and affirming and actually putting that out there into the world um, is that's when you're actually making that making that known and putting it out for everyone to see. It's not causing someone to have to send an email and say, hey, are you open and affirming or hey, what's your stance on this? It's all they have to do is a quick, you know, Facebook, you know, search or, you know, Google search and check your website and they know immediately. Um, They don't have to second guess or, you know, think, you know, well, maybe they're not or, 
you know, or just look at the building and go, I don't think they are, um, you know, just because it's a more traditional building. So it's, it's really a public profession of, hey, we are inclusive for all people, regardless of, you know, gender, sexual orientation, race, you know, all of these things. Uh, we are inclusive at all levels. Um, and that's really what we want to, to acknowledge when we're saying that, you know, this is, what we are and that's why we wanted to be professed that way um, because we don't want the welcome mat to be sitting on the inside of the door and having people wondering and because historically churches are not affirming and welcome and safe so the assumption is that it is not a safe place for people of lgbtq plus community we're going to be diving into some of the deep conversational and theological and ramifications of um, the LGBTQ plus community being inclusive and ins- included inside the church and really looking at this is the way that all, I would eventually all churches should be because the gospel and God are, are they're, both, they're extremely inclusive um, to everybody who bears the image of God. But we do have a Facebook page that we're going to be posting some stuff on there. Um, uh, many parts, one body uh, Facebook page. And we're going to attempt, now this is the hard part, we're going to attempt to record how often, Danny? Weekly. Weekly. We're going to hopefully record weekly and then post on Fridays. We're shooting for 10 a.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. And we'll see how that goes. Um, we're looking forward to this adventure. Oh, I'm looking forward to this adventure because um, this is part of what I think is the difference between this being an ally and then being an advocate is, is going out and speaking in favor of um, the inclusion of all people. So next week, we are tackling some of the, one of the clobber passages, are we not? Or are we waiting for one more week and just doing an overview of the clobber passages next week? Oh, next week, we, yep. Next week, we're going to go do a brief overview of the clobber passages that we're going to tackle. And then we'll do a deep dive into each of the clobber passages. So next week, we'll be doing an overview of the good old clobber passages. And hopefully we get to do it in person. It's a lot easier to record with somebody when you can see them face to face. Absolutely. Yes. Because right now I see a very adorable photo of you and your son and your son is no longer that small no he is not i I put him on my shoulders now it's like i gotta have another back surgery (laughs) but i want to thank everybody for taking their time to listen to this episode hopefully you are as excited as we are to go on this journey use our facebook page to engage with us ask us questions or whatever do you have anything to wrap up with danny no i'm just excited as you are just yeah chat with us on facebook let us know what you think if you have any questions or anything that you want to add Um, We're happy to uh, chat with you all, and we hope you have a wonderful week. All right. Yeah, hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. We will catch you guys next week. Have a great week.